<clears throat> All right. Welcome, everybody, to the final edition, the pre-week 17, the pre-fantasy um, championship weekend, Monday Night Hammer. As always, I'm joined by Michael Sicoli. You can find him on Twitter at Michael underscore underscore Sicoli. Um, I'm Nick. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at it's run underscore the underscore Sims. Uh, we're presented uh, today, the Monday Night Hammer by For Fantasy Sake QC, uh, sponsored by Mobile Party Experience. And yeah, yeah, it's the final the final show of the year. It's been a blast. Uh, hopefully you had a good Christmas. Uh, how was uh, your Christmas, Mike? Uh, it was good. It was good. It was interrupted by the startling Mike Williams news of him getting thrown on the COVID list. I was eating dinner, happily looking at my family, very thankful for everyone around me, full on Thanksgiving style. And my head just hit the table when Mike Williams was announced that he had COVID and will miss this weekend and next weekend. Uh, so my, my dad turned and looked at me and was like, is this real news or is it football news? And I was like, it's football news. And he just went on talking with everyone else. And yeah. Yeah. That happens. At the, the that was Christmas my gathering. <laughs> yeah. Pretty good Christmas myself. Uh, yeah, uh, still, uh, uh, did, I mean, we still had to be uh, eye on the prize for the fantasy lineups, especially if you're in some playoff matchups. Unfortunately, um, I got caught uh, asleep at the wheel. Um, but the Mike Williams and DeAndre Swift news uh, came at times where I just, I wasn't as plugged in as I normally am. And then I was really rushing to do some DFS stuff, um, just because I'm trying to like fine tune a little bit of, on, on that side of things. And I actually did get to go to the Eagles game, but unfortunately I left Mike Williams and DeAndre Swift in in a couple playoff spots. And it definitely lost me one matchup uh, because I had Byron Pringle ready to go. Um, and in another matchup, I need a 20-point game out of Jalen Waddell um, in order to uh, uh, overcome the zero that I that I took from starting Mike Williams. And, and then in the third, uh, I scored 225 points and absolutely dominated. So that's just the way it goes sometimes. And you need how many points from Jalen Waddell? I had, a, I had an interesting weekend. So I, I swept my redraft real easy. So I'll be in the championship for that one. Uh, with my college dynasty, it came down to last night, Tony Pollard. I don't know. Did you catch the game, Nick? I did not watch it. You did not. Game. Okay. So I'll, I'll quickly set the scene for you. Tony Pollard, that game was a route early. All right. Everyone mm-hmm. knew it was a route. I, I, was, I knew as soon as like the second quarter hit that all the points I needed, they had to come early in that game. So Tony Pollard got a drive. He was about alternating full drives with Zeke. So it comes down. He's inside the five. He gets the carry. He's running in. There's an offensive line scrum and a push, and he pushes them all the way to that half-yard line. Next play, play action, touchdown to some offensive lineman. Long and short of it, if Tony Pollard scored that touchdown, I'm in the finals right now. I would have completed a 5% projection. Oh, yeah. That's always good when you can overcome uh, T. Higgins. T. Higgins carried me, and Montgomery carried me back into that game. Tony Pollard couldn't punch it home. But uh, besides that, my most important dynasty to me, my home league dynasty, where I'm trying to go to the finals for the third year in a row, comes down to if Jalen Waddell drops less than 21. So I can have 20. I can allow. We can middle. We can, middle. I actually, I think I need nineteen out of them. So there's a there's a middle there. There's a middle. So your rant, you'll have to maybe adjust so that he gets exactly nineteen points because I know you're going to bring him up during that rant. I do think he's um, a game, but it's fine. You, I got a. This is my this is my lucky fancy playoff shirt. Oh, right. okay, great. It's, I don't have one. Maybe that's why I'm so garbage in the playoffs. I always. Uh, it is tiny. It is ripped up. I'm trying not to show the rips. And it's mm-hmm. not due to big muscles or anything. It's just a small and old shirt. 
but I'm hoping this one takes me in tonight. I I really need this one. All right, yeah, and you mentioned T. Higgins. We're gonna we're gonna talk about him a little bit because yeah. my Lord, what a what a performance uh, he put on. Um, but yeah, so let's uh, let's jump in here. Um, really rough one right off the bat. Uh, James Robinson uh, has an Achilles injury. Um, it's a shame, man. It's just this is an argument where like undrafted free agents. This is why they fail, right? Um, Philip Lindsay is an example. Uh, he, he had like a brief flash in the pan. James Robinson has strung together two solid seasons, but when you're an undrafted free agent, you get a new coaching regime in there. You get people that think they know better. Like it's just tough to, to have the coaching staff stay with you. Right. On top of you have that variance and on top of injury variance where Achilles injuries are tough and, and James Robinson's had a couple really good years and he's gone down and Urban Meyer kind of really ruined this year from being an even bigger year. And it's just a shame, but James Robinson went out, let a lot of people down in the fantasy lineups. Uh, but hopefully he gets back uh, next year and has a coaching staff that appreciates him. How about that, Mike? It's, it's tough because like you said, you set the whole scene for it. This is as bad as it can get for James Robinson. It's the worst case situation to me where the Achilles injury is a notoriously touch, tough one to come back from. We're going to touch on Cam Akers on a little bit who somehow throwing that narrative out the way. But beast. That's, that would be an outlier if Cam Akers even overcomes that. We still don't know. It would be early to say that. But for James Robinson, he's not going to be ready by week one. Odds are, historically saying, it would be very unlikely that James Robinson is out there fully ready, suited up for week one. And what that sets up perfectly is for Travis Etienne, the forgotten man, the first-round pick, to come in and step in and establish himself with an inevitable new coaching staff. So this is Travis Etienne's backfield to lose, quite honestly. They'll probably bring in somebody just because they don't want to trust two guys coming off injuries. So maybe that new guy sees some work as a backup. But it sets up perfectly for Travis Etienne and sets up perfectly for James Robinson, who really – Deserves a lot better than what just happened in a totally meaningless game against the Jets. Like, deserves. Yeah. yeah. It's just, I mean, best case scenario is that he gets traded, which I don't see that happening. They'll probably go like a thunder and lightning type of thing. I mean, that's a, that's actually a pretty, I mean, if the, the Jazz can just get a little bit better, have a little bit more stability, it'll be interesting to see if they roll with Daryl Bevel as their head coach, um, who I think he's respected enough that he might get a shot, but I doubt it. Um, be they'll serious. probably. Yeah, they'll probably bring someone else in. Um, but, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with uh, James Robinson uh, for sure. Uh, let's see here. Where are we at? With um, We got – I lost the doc. Where, yeah. Last show here, and I'm really, really showing out. We got, um, we got Miles Sanders, another running back who broke his hand this weekend. Just it, I, I quite literally just saw a tweet on this. And I'm sorry. For, I think it might have been I, – I don't remember who said it, but – we got three years into Miles Sanders' career, and we still don't know what Miles Sanders could be because these small, a broken hand, a sprained ankle, a high ankle sprain, it's it just adds up. Knee sprains, just nothing that's going to knock him out for a year. But something that knocks him out, he comes back, he's not one hundred percent, and then he gets nicked up and hurt again. Uh, Jordan Howard also suffered a stinger in this game. That's not expected to be serious. He'll probably be suited up this weekend, but this should be the end of the season for Miles Sanders. Maybe a playoff run. You know, broken hands typically that three to five weeks. At least it's a running back, so it's a little bit different. But it's tough for Miles Sanders. What do you, what, how, where are you at with Miles Sanders right now? Um, kind of where I was with Will Fuller. 
uh, kind of where you should have been with with Keenan Allen. Uh, but I, th- listen, this is the thing. Like, I after this year of, of Will Fuller and like really not showing a whole lot of motivation to come off the IR, it seemed like kind of seemed content to to just sit back and and not play this year. Before this year, we got a top ten uh, year out of Will Fuller, maybe mm-hmm. because he was on steroids, but. Someone's injury prone. The point I'm trying to make here is someone is injury prone before before he's not. Yep. The Will Fuller before Will Fuller was Keenan Allen. I don't think if a lot of people remember that Keenan Allen's first three to four years in the league, just really injury ridden. But we're not talking about like like uh, right now what happens what's happening to Julio where like he he his hamstring goes every time he steps on the field. That's chronic. That's that like makes sense because he's older. The stuff that was happening to Keenan Allen and even even Will Fuller's. Um, Lacerated kidney. Lacerated kidney, like like freak uh tendon tears, right? Which that's variance. That's bad luck, right? Uh what Will Fuller what's happening to Will Fuller seems to be a little bit more causal instead of like bad, bad luck. It 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 seems like his form, it seems like um the speed at which he plays in the NFL and 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 that's just his body's not able to hold up to that extreme. Um, so that's one thing, but what I'm saying is Miles Sanders is kind of in that category, very weird injuries that if we get a healthy year out of him, he could come out of nowhere next year. Like I'm, I'm probably going to be back in on Miles Sanders next year. I'm a, I think that, I think that the backfield situation probably can't get worse for him. It's probably going to be crowded again, but if he's healthy, I feel like he's going to get 18 to 21 touches a game, which I'm all in for. Yeah, I mean, Kenny Gainwell is the only name that we could say for sure is returning. I think – I don't – I expect – I think Jordan Howard could come back. I think he's been helpful in a few spots. He's familiar with the, with the city. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's been solid for them. But, I mean, it's Jordan Howard. I, 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 don't, I don't think – I don't expect them to add a huge – Yeah, Kenny Gainwell could, I guess, take a step forward, but he doesn't really have the draft capital where you would expect him to. His draft capital of a day two pick or day three pick. He was a fifth uh, rounder, wasn't he? He slipped to day three. He slipped to day yeah, three. Yeah, so a day a day three pick is is being brought in as like, okay, if the starter goes down, we put him in as like the second back in the committee. You know what I mean? And that's kind of like the way it splits out for them is that when Miles Sanders out, Jordan Howard is the early down guy, Boston Scott mixes in, and then Kenny Gainwell gets a shot every once in a while. So that's just kind of a day three draft capital guy who hasn't proven himself yet. Yep. Maybe he learns how to pass block, earns a bit more of a role next next year. I don't know. But, again, if Miles Sanders is going in the sixth, seventh, he might actually – Miles Sanders might drift back to, like, the sixth, seventh, which if I'm going zero RB, like, we might be we might be all in on Miles Sanders this year. Next I think year. we're so. starting to learn that, and we'll, we'll touch on it later with what we're learning, but these mid-round running backs is where you're going to make your money. It's tough to – it's tough to feel confident when you're drafting them, but that's that's where the hit rate, that's where the championship caliber players are. But to quickly touch on week 17 purposes, Miles Sanders out, Jordan Howard's a little bit dealing with that stinger, might play through it. You know, they tend to. But Boston Scott, are you playing Boston Scott this week? I'll definitely rate him up as someone to he, – because he's it's likely he's on the waiver wire. He should um, be. I think you can play him for sure, yeah. They, I mean, he was getting goal line looks. Like, yeah. who, who do they play? Boston Scott goes against Washington. Washington's been run over all season. That mm-hmm. we saw last night, they got run over again. And in addition to that, we saw them fighting each other on the sidelines. And I, 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 listen, and I, I think what the 
Eagles want to do in a neutral situation is they want they want to run the ball right now. Um, they've kind of found they've kind of fell into a little bit of an offense where uh, Lamar Jackson's early like early years, where it's I mean they they certainly don't have the, the talent to do it like they do it, and Jalen Hurts is not the quarterback that Lamar Jackson is, but. I think they're they're piecing together like a a, a light version of that. Um, if that is uh, if the if the Ravens were whole milk, this is the the Eagles are the skim milk <laughs> the not, version not. of the of, of early career Ravens, which is so insulting. I just insulted the very city in, in which I live. Um, I'm sorry, but anyway, Daryl Henderson, uh, he is also uh, banged up. Actually, went on IR, and yep. um, interestingly enough, we can get right into it. Cam Akers expected to maybe play this week after tearing his uh, Achilles. What was that? Was that the first week of training camp? July. July. So to give you a bit of perspective on that, it's one week though, the track record really Donta Foreman this year is, is really like the first example that we've seen of someone be able to come back from an Achilles tear. Um, And this has been a couple years in the making for Donta Foreman. And I mean, is he, I mean, he's gotten, he, he has a role on the Titans and he's solid. He, he has burst. I, I think that the the story on him is he's not very talented, but he's reaching at least 95% of what he was before the tear. Cam it's, Akers it's, is yeah. coming back way sooner. I think the jury's still out on, are we going to see Cam Akers at 95% of what he was before the tear? I, I think it's it's tough to use Foreman. Foreman's the only person we could really look to. We yeah, that's why. He's a, he's a healthy scratch. But even Foreman, he tore the, he tore his Achilles two years ago. He's had two years to recover from that. Cam Akers has six months. It's I, I am shocked and honestly a little bit concerned that he's back this soon. Especially like in terms of, I think it was reported initially that maybe you see him back in the playoffs. And we all went, sure, sure we will. But playoffs, yeah. that, that there's some reason for that. It makes sense. Regular season, I don't see any reason to risk Cam Akers. You're certainly not playing him in fantasy. You're certainly locking in Sony Michelle in your lineups. I think that's – are we in agreement there? If you're facing a juggernaut and you have Cam Akers somehow – I'm and... not playing Cam Akers, man. You couldn't pay me to play Cam Akers right now. I mean, I, if, I'm, if I'm, like, going into the matchup 5%, like, dog, you know what I mean? Like, I only won this week because – of like COVID or something, I might play him just just for the just for the variance. He looked good, man. He looked good. Listen, I it's in the Achilles team, the the hot hand that Sony Michelle's riding right now. I think Sean Gray is very happy with Sony Michelle. Remember, they traded for Sony Michelle. They gave up an asset, which the Rams love to do, but the, they Michelle gave up an calling. asset to You're get right. yeah. he's We're not good, playing he's Cam. We're not playing Cam Akers. We're not playing Cam. We're not playing Cam. Fine, 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 fine. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo uh, is, I mean, really not looking good to start this week. So um, if you were 100% out. in, if you were 100% in, he's already rolled out? Uh, and I, I don't know if he's officially ruled out, but he's ruled out in the sense that uh, Kyle Shannon's come out and said, Trey Lance has had his best month of practice so far. So that means <laughs> that means he's talking up his rookie, preparing him to start, which is, People were talking about this in the beginning of the year of, you know, if you do you draft Trey Lance because, you know, he might not help you immediately. But, you know, when he starts, here we go. And we're here in week 17, championship week. And we might finally be able to see it. I you got 20 fantasy points in a, in a half of football. And he, this was why I was 
I saw this coming. This is why I was 100% in on Trey Lance from the get-go, and it has not burnt me at all to this point. Um, in some, like, he was that guy on, like, in the in the leagues where I drafted him heavily, and I was kind of, like, banking on him starting, like, after the bye because Jimmy Garoppolo would be so bad. On those teams, I held him for the entire season, even though I should have um, I should have dropped uh, him a long time ago. But my teams were sunk with him anyway. Um, I have a team that's live right now that if I somehow squeak by, um, I could start Trey Lance in, in place of Matt Ryan. So if I could squeak by tonight with this Waddle, uh, uh, Waddle Demon time, I don't know who Sean is, but uh, shout out, Sean. It is Waddle that's, Demon that's... time. That's who I'm going against this week. So Jalen Waddle is not going to do what he needs to do, but he's going to do what you need to do. Now, what's okay. uh, to, to quickly touch on that Garoppolo situation, Jimmy G is expected to be reevaluated on Wednesday. I personally, based on the tone being put out there in these reports, I'd be a little bit concerned. This is his right hand, which would be his throwing hand. This is his right thumb. He couldn't throw the ball today. That's not good. Don't he also had a horrific week. So – Listen, they're they're looking for looking for a jolt. I think Jimmy G's still the right answer for them right now. But I mean, Trey Lance is right there. He's ready to go. And do you? And I am. Yes, yes. He's going against Houston. It's a nice matchup. Let it rip with Trey Lance. (laughs) Let it rip. This is the type of matchup that's going to shoot up his fantasy value for next year. I know it actually sucks. It actually kind of does. Where if you're not playing him this week, if he's not helping you, oh my gosh! But he's all of a sudden after if he flops this week, though, that actually is great. If he flops this week, I will be all over. If he goes off, if he does what we expect him to do, his draft value shoots up three to four rounds. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Um, I still think he'll even if he's because right now he probably would go close to undrafted. if Jimmy G comes back, but anyway, Mike Evans probably not going to see him this week either. I just he I don't know. I I got the feeling that like week to week meant uh, we don't need him for the regular season anymore. So we'll see in the playoffs, Mike. What do you What do you got on Mike Evans? I tend to lean towards the same thing. I I'm keeping what happened today was you know last week he suffered the hamstring injury. He was ruled out on Friday. They alluded to the fact that he might be able to play, but he was an early rule out, so it didn't really seem like he was close. Didn't register at practice. And now it's been added to the COVID list. So between the Bucks perfectly handling the Panthers last week and then some without Mike Evans, without Godwin, without anybody, I think they're going to try to do the same thing. I think they'll let Mike Evans take the week off because, I mean, he's not he's clearly not right between COVID. Do they and- have any meaningful Do they have any meaningful games? Um, Everyone's chasing that number one seed. That number one seed is still possible. Green Bay's in the driver's seat. But if Green Bay drops a game, Tampa could take over if they win out. Uh, mm-hmm. And the number one seed, remember, there's no bye week for that number two. So that number one is what really matters. And it's it's possible. It's unlikely that Rodgers drops a game, you know, but it's still in the realm of outcomes, which is why teams are still going out there. They have uh, Jets next week. So, again, I, I don't imagine that they would view the Jets as a reason to risk Mike Evans um, aggravating that hamstring even further. So exactly. don't expect them next week. Case closed. Um, let's see. Julio Jones, I mean, he's just mailing it in. Uh, good for him. Uh, David Johnson, um, I actually missed this. I, was he on the COVID list uh, as well? He was out of the COVID list later on the weekend, which set up Rex Burkhead to have a 150-yard game, two touchdowns, just as we predicted as the Texans routed 
the Chargers without Brandon Cooks. Yeah, yeah. Like we all... I don't have a reason. I don't have an explanation for it happened. Yeah, yeah. We yeah, all uh, sure. we all have a plan until we get punched in the face. That's usually how these things work out. Um, Josh Reynolds, Dan Arnold. Dan Arnold. Tell me about Dan Arnold on here. Is he coming back? I throw, Dan, I throw Dan Arnold on there because the Jags do like to use their tight ends a little bit. You know, James O'Shaughnessy got some action. He's had some streamable weeks of late. Dan Arnold was playing really well when they traded for him back in the, you know, back in like week four, week three. Then he got injured. He was recently activated to return to the injury reserve, hence why I threw him on this list, because now he's on the COVID list. So his status is now in doubt for this weekend. If he was even going to return at all, I'd put it down as unlikely, especially now with COVID. But yeah, yeah. I think uh, if Josh Reynolds comes back, um, Sure. If you're, I feel like you're not depending on him if you're in the playoff finals. Not Josh depending on, on a, he was on a tear with Jared Goff, and Jared Goff has been activated, hence why I also threw him on there. Where I think Josh Reynolds can be played. Okay. With, with uh, Jared Goff, but all it's it's not someone you want to play, and we'll see if he's even active due to him also contracting. Yeah. I also, I mean, the lines are playing tough, so I guess I just need yeah. to stop thinking that they're so bad. Um, Nick Westbrook, uh, Akine. Um, also, uh, someone to keep an eye on. He might be able to good fill in, especially if Julio Jones is out. Got plenty of targets. My goodness, A.J. Brown is a monster. We'll talk about him more in a second. Uh, we're running short on time. Um, Gabe Davis is probably going to be out again. Same boat as Mike Williams, not vaccinated. So, therefore, the protocol takes a little bit longer. Um, so, we'll see on him. Isaiah McKenzie, um, they love getting him the ball. And I think the reason they don't is because he's so tiny. Yeah. Um, I actually did play um, – for how bad the leaving Mike Williams play was in that same lineup, I played Isaiah McKenzie, which that's big brain stuff oh, there, Mike. So good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So uh, keep an eye on uh, what are we doing? Okay, Lamar Jackson is hopeful to play in a matchup that they basically have to win or their season's over. DeAndre Swift, I think, got really close to playing this week, but ultimately was ruled out day of when they woke up and he was still a little bit sore. Um, DeAndre Swift, when asked, uh, this is great, as someone who has a lot of Swift, when asked if he would sit out the rest of the season since they were out of it, um, I quote, DeAndre Swift responded, I ain't about that shit. So we're probably going to see him this week um, because time's running out in the season for a team that's not going to make the playoffs. Um, I think both, um, both of them play them if they're, if they're active, play them in your finals with Lamar Jackson. I think it comes down to what other options you have that could be better. I think we saw Lamar Jackson have a lower floor than what we were hoping for. He's had some down weeks when he was healthy. I do expect both these players to come back. I think Lamar Jackson, I think the Ravens need him. I think he needs them. He wants to make the playoffs. Lamar Jackson needs to be out there and I think you can play him, but my expectations would be tempered if he's still limited. And also he's had his own down, down weeks. So we'll see about, you know, what other options I'd have. I'm sure we'll talk about it on Sunday on the Sunday show. But more importantly, these De- DeAndre Swift. If DeAndre Swift is active, I'm playing DeAndre Swift. He goes against Seattle. Seattle's a plus matchup. And then some. He's, it's a great matchup where we saw, you know, Dave Montgomery rack up seven receptions against, against them. DeAndre Swift can do that. And when running backs return from injury – they tend to get the workload that we want them to get because they're right. You don't return with running backs unless they are right because it's too injury risk of a position. We've seen so many running backs this season miss time 
come back and get the workload we just immediately stepped right back into. Yeah, and um, while we're on that case, let's jump into just like a little bit of like looking forward on uh, specifically kind of thinking about some stuff about dynasty value. If we had um, um, maybe uh, next year when we do this, we, we will we will do some things uh, with segments and actually name them. Um, but let's take a look. At, let, let's do three conversations here if we have time on some dynasty values. I'm going to bring up Amon Ra St. Brown because I'm getting this like huge sentiment boost from the community, uh, fantasy community about Amon Ra St. Brown. I'm still not sold um, because I think a lot of the reason why he's balling out right now is because he's the last man standing. Josh Reynolds out, TJ Hawkinson out, DeAndre Swift out. They're, they're playing well. The ball has to go somewhere. I think if you're buying Amon Ross St. Brown at his current cost and expecting him to sustain this level of production into the next season, I think you will be pretty disappointed. I was a noted Amon Ra truther. I do like Amon Ra. I like my USC receivers, and he's a tough player. He's a good blocker. He's a good slot guy. He's, a, he's good at what he does. Now, that's kind of – it's a limited ceiling typically – now he, you know, he's been balling out this twenty points more than once this season on the Lions. But you're entirely right that it go, that it does coincide with the loss of T.J. Hawkinson, the loss of DeAndre Swift, and you know this offense is going to be adding more playmakers, more wide receivers specifically, because it's awful, it's unwatchable. A casual player, a casual person, casual fan of even the Lions cannot name some of these receivers. So Khalif Raymond, you know, Josh Reynolds, who was added a couple weeks ago. It's it's not that good out there, and I think I ha- I, I had Amon Ra's my wide receiver five or six in this class. I had him ahead of Kadarius Tony. I do think that he's a good player, and I think he's going to have a strong career. I think he should have been a day two pick. I don't write, read into the day three as much with this weird draft class with COVID, but I do I, I do agree that his value is very high right now. I would look into selling him. I wouldn't be buying him due to the price, but I do think he's still going to be a strong asset in 2022 and beyond. I think it's a very, it's a screaming sell. Like one of the easiest sells ever. If you can get a second round pick for him. Oh, like, no, no, no. I, you said you spent a second on him, to be honest. I think you can get, I think the market right now is a first round pick. I think you could get a back end first round pick from this class. I would consider doing that. I think that yeah, I would do that. I would take like 10 overall in a 12 team league. Like I would definitely do that. Um, I think I would rather probably that type of trade. Like I would probably trade him for maybe like a 26 or 27 year old wide receiver that people think is over the hill um, who might not be. I don't know, like off the top of my head, who that would even be. Um, Let's say right now, would you trade him for Mike Williams? Yeah, I would. Okay. So I think that's, that's about the price because I think that's what you'd have to pay given how up and down Mike Williams has been, given his contract situation. I think that's that's the price value right now. That's a solid, yeah. My big thing with Amon Ross St. Brown is that he's a day three pick. Draft capital is such a heavy indicator as as future success. Like they're not there aren't many day three picks that pan out. Like flash in the pan, sure, big games here and there, of course, but nothing Nothing like Mike Williams, who, like, I know he's up and down, 
but he has had stretches where he has won you weeks, right? I don't know that Amon Ra St. Brown has stretches beyond a week or two, um, really be, beyond this season. But it's a little, um, I, I also, you mentioned Kadarius Tony. You, I, I would take Kadarius Tony over Amon Ra St. Oh, Brown. Uh, I would have, I mean, I drafted Amon Ra over Kadarius Tony. And yeah. So, that, so I, I still think, I still think that like right now, if, if that looks great right now, but I think Kadarius Tony, like in the long term, like is a first first round pick. And I think that if I could make an Amon Ross St. Brown for Kadarius Tony trade right now, I'm doing that a, a thousand percent, which I'm I think sure. is interesting because I'm, I'm pretty sure that's an easy trade to make right now. And then I'm sure you can get more with it as well, honestly. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't really have St. Brown anywhere, but I might try to get him just to make this trade and make a point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, another thing I wanted to talk about is who who do you want at cost? This is a very important distinction. Yes. Jamar Chase at probably number two wide receiver overall value in Dynasty, probably top 10 overall value in non-superflex leagues. I'd probably put him in the top seven. Oh, my I mean, first round startup pick. The Dynasty, yes. The Dynasty community as a whole loves Jamar Chase. Yep. Right? And with good reason. He's a touchdown scoring machine, awesome draft capital, amazing college stats. Like he is like literally the Uber prospect for dynasty. Um, However, I feel like T Higgins, even after a 43 point PPR performance and multiple weeks of being on the field with Jamar chase and dominating the target share, not like it's not close. He is the number one in terms of target share. Yep. I think that you're getting a two plus round discount on him. Give me T Higgins over Jamar Chase at that cost all day, all day. What about you? Who do you want? Yeah, I'm. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm going to agree. I th- I said entering this year, and I was obviously wrong at least for the first half of the year that I thought T Higgins was the number one on this team. And over time, that's proven to be the case. And that's no disrespect to Jamar Chase, who could easily be that. And I think it's a 1A, 1B situation, which both can thrive in in a very pass-happy offense. Zach Taylor, (laughs) as we saw this weekend with the All of a sudden, all of a sudden, it's it's pass-happy. I think that was mostly, like, I actually was listening to the, like, Philly sports radio, like, before they cut to the press conference of, of Joe Burrow after. Marty Mortenweg said, we're not going to give Joe Burrow a jacket just yet. Yep. Um, I saw that. And Burrow was like, yeah, that's why we were throwing the ball up 20 points in the first quarter. They're like throwing bombs still. So yep. that is kind of like, that's what skyrocketed this, this into like a point a, a, a 1% outcome, like ceiling outcome for, for the team as a, as a whole. But the peripherals, like the target share for the last four weeks, like a little bit bigger of a sample, like, if you want to call it a 1A, 1B, it's 1A T. Higgins, 1B Jamar Chase. Yep. And, and you're, getting, you're getting the the 1A at the third, fourth round price, probably yeah, third yeah. round price. After however, this. however, here is why I, I can totally see the pushback on that statement from the run the damn ball guys, the hand in the dirt guys, the tape guys, right? Mm-hmm. The reason why Jamar Chase is currently in a 1B role from a numbers perspective, right, is because they're doubling, um, they're doubling him. So the the defensive scheme is dictating kind of where the ball is funneling to, and 
teams are seeing that they're getting absolutely punished by allowing that to happen. And if, if you're a tape guy and you say that that's why Jamar Chase is the 1A is because defenses view him as the 1A, not so fast, my friend, because also in that press conference leading up to the statement about the Hall of Fame jacket, um, what's his name, Marty Bortenweg, the defensive coordinator for the Ravens, also just said we're not doubling Jamar Chase. Yeah. So I don't think in a game personnel. <laughs> I think that yeah. Ravens team is a bit beat up right now. And I, I really do I have to factor in, listen, Jamar Chase is gonna be one of my most aggressive buys if I can this offseason. Where if I can buy anyone who's like I know there are I know several owners who have traded for him after that hot stretch and they have been crushed by this second half. So I'm gonna try my best to buy right off of that narrative, but Listen, Jamar Chase has a sky-high ceiling that's higher than T. Higgins. I understand spending that price for him. And I'm Does fine. Jamar Chase have 43 points? No. He I may don't. go his whole career without ever scoring 43 points. He could. He absolutely could. But, you know, who else just dropped like 30 points? Rex Burkhead. You know, sometimes outlier weeks – or not even outlier weeks, but amazing weeks can happen. And T. Higgins is fantastic. He's got a bright career ahead of him too. But Jamar Chase could be Julio Jones. T. Higgins could be, I don't know, like, could, he's not going to be Julio Jones. He's going to be very good. He's going to be elite, possibly, but he won't. Julio be. Jones has one game in his entire career of 43 points. Well, you have, you have that, A, you have that stat on hand of the 43 points with Julio Jones. But listen, I'm not, again, I'm with you. I'm taking T. Higgins in the third round discount. But Jamar Chase does have a higher ceiling to me on a per-game basis. I don't think T. Higgins can be the wide receiver one. I don't. I, don't, I mean, am I the am I the Jamar Chase guy of the two of us now? Oh no, I love both. Okay, this is an interesting one. Um, let's just real quickly let's talk AJ Brown, who I think like all three of these T Higgins, Jamar Chase, and AJ Brown, I have in my like top, let's say seven, because I'm not drafting any running backs. Like, don't sure. like my rankings are different because I'm in a dynasty startup in a redraft league. You will not catch me drafting a running back in the first round. I'm sorry. Actually, I'm not sorry, but so in my top, let's say five, I, I see, I'm not putting T Higgins in the top five just because I don't, I was going to say, I was going to say, and why aren't you ceiling upside? It's more draft capital. Honestly, Mm, he doesn't quite have the draft capital. The 33rd like, Yeah, I mean, that's still – that's meaningful, though, that 32 teams passed on him, though. So, that is meaningful. So, again, that's why I'm not putting him up there. I do think it's interesting, though, that the gap between them is too big. That's the, that's the point I'm trying to make. It's way too big. They should yeah. go, like – Jamar Chase should go, like, front end of the first. T. Higgins should go early second, mid-second, honestly. I just think they're both that good, and they complement each other so well. Um and I guess people just really struggle to understand that, like, most years has at least one team with two top 12 fantasy wide receivers. It's just, like, when it's, when teams can't double um, one person, like, like both benefit. It's, like, a correlated thing. But um, so well, I, I'll ask you, like, because the two that are definitely in the top five for me are Jamar Chase and A.J. Brown. From a draft capital perspective, just a pure raw numbers perspective. I mean, we saw it this week with AJ Brown. He can just completely take over a game. Who are you taking in dynasty in a dynasty startup? AJ Brown or Jamar Chase? I would take Jamar Chase just because I still I love AJ Brown. I think he's one of the best water receivers in football right now. That's why we're talking about him in the same vein as these guys. But 
his ability to stay on the field is really being questioned by me of it's just, it's nagging injuries where he's leaving. He might be back next week. And then like, we look at it as, yeah, he played 14 games last year, but how many of those did he leave or we thought was never going to return? And I mean, this year, you know, he missed several stretches of games and he's put up duds of weeks sometimes where these dominating games, they're, they're not a constant, which it's tough to be, especially in a run first offense. But I mean, I'm going to take Jamar Chase because, again, I'm still – he was my wide receiver one in the class by a margin. He's would be my highest-graded wide receiver prospect I've ever scouted as a young person myself, though. But I think that I'm still going to take a guy that was the wide receiver one over the first half of the season. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, um, I mean, he's a rookie, so he's doing this in rookie year. That's no. something that we need to – um, understand. I think uh, for me, it's probably Justin Jefferson one, Jamar Chase two, and here's where like people start to differ a whole lot. Um, probably going AJ Brown three, um, but I wouldn't blame you if you went. Um, I mean, there's a lot of good young wide receivers. Tyreek Hill there. I might consider CD yeah. Lamb there. Um, I think CD Lamb is a real case for that. I put out an interesting tweet on that today. I don't know if you saw that, but CD Lamb's numbers right now are near identical to what he had last year. Yeah. But that's, I mean, that's with Dak. That's actually a bad thing. Yeah, it is a bad thing. But I'm saying that's where his ceiling is still yet to be seen. His ceiling is Mm -hmm. so much higher than what we're even And he's had opportunities with Amari Cooper out, with Michael Gallup out. Yeah. Like, with the running backs, like, banged up. Like, for some reason, he doesn't seem to be, like, taking over. So I've actually moved him down pretty far i'm probably not thinking of him as like in the same tier as jamar chase aj brown um and I think, you have more, I think you have a lot of contract situations where i'd be looking at ceo a little bit more where michael gallup's entering unrestricted free agency where amari cooper's contract is going to start becoming a little bit more trade friendly or cut or restart. i think they can get out of, they can get out of amari cooper very easily next yes year. i know that for a fact. Gallup is gonna, it will most likely walk mm-hmm. yeah so Definitely, jury's still out on him. Um, you, we talked about we might do some off-season stuff with Dynasty. I definitely would would fire it up uh, and uh, and do um, some Dynasty content this off-season. But yeah, let's move on uh, because we got the game coming up. Yeah. Um, let's do a little rant. Tell me a little bit about Jalen Waddle. Do, do do I have to talk about Jalen Waddle? Because I mean, okay. So who is- who are you who are you pulling for? What's this? Listen. That there's this this game is not what it was billed to be before the season because we got Ian Book and the COVID led or COVID ridden Saints lining up against the Dolphins here. Hard to believe both of these teams are seven and seven, but inverse of each other, where the Saints were five and zero to start the year with Jameis Winston, and now they're on to their fourth QB and they're seven and seven. The Dolphins have won, I believe, six straight here. They're really they're still in contention for the playoffs. They're trying to make it in there, so it's an important game. You have Tua. I, I, I've right now in my captain slot, I do have an interesting play. I have the Miami Dolphins defense because I think Ian Book is about to get ridiculously embarrassed on, on prime time. I think this is going to be as bad as he could possibly get for the Saints. I think we have a zero point possibility here. I It's unlikely because shutouts never really happen. But I don't, I don't think the Saints are going to move the ball. I'd be worried about Kamara right now because I, I, this Dolphins team is on fire. The Saints team has been smacked in the mouth this week. And I'm captaining the Miami Dolphins defense. I'm lining up Tua. I'm lining up Waddle. 
and I'm lining up Duke Johnson to run out the clock. I think you can – I think this could be a weird solve in a med week, but, I mean, the Miami backfield is impossible to predict right now. So, I'm playing one Saint, that's Alvin Kamara, and I'm playing most Dolphins, honestly. I do think Marshawn Lattimore shadows Devontae Parker and not Jalen Waddle, but either way, I don't think the Saints really have – too much of a like to stand on here. Yeah, it's going to be a, the so Nick Underhill is like a really good beat writer for them, and it's pretty plugged into the team. I think the sense the the sentiment in New Orleans, like the team in general, is that why did they postpone this game? Like this is bullshit. So I don't know. Like even like some of Ian Book's quotes have been like, yeah, like I'm maybe not really qualified to do this job right now, uh, but we'll see how it goes. I mean, calling up uh, Rivers and Breeze, not a great sign for your football team no. um, when you're calling it's those even, guys. It's a good sign that we're, we're hearing about it, that we know that's happening. This, it's Right now, this team is in shambles, and which is unlike the New Orleans Saints that we know of years past. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. So, um, we, uh, putting, your, putting a defense in your captain slot is, is sharp. So I'm with you there. So let's go Miami def- defense. Um, close it out here for the last time. Uh, not the last you'll see of the two of us, I'm sure. It's been a pleasure, Mike. Uh, I don't know if people know this, but this is just random. Like we met through for fantasy sake, and um, it's been great uh, kind of getting some reps in in the podcast game. This is the first time I've ever done it, and I'm, ex- I'm excited and-, and happy I was able to do it with you. Um, good luck on everybody, especially Mike here on those fantasy championships, bring them home, uh, finish it out strong, and then uh, we'll rinse and repeat next year. Um, how about you send us out, Mike? No, I'll, I echo everything you just said. As a college kid, all these opportunities are greatly appreciated. And, you know, we just – we were thrown together on a podcast saying, let's just do this back in September, back in August, whatever it was. And it's hard to believe that we're, you know, 17 weeks down, 16 weeks down, and we're here in the fantasy finals. So – you know, I, I wish everyone the best of luck with their matchups tonight, if that decides it, or next week, you know, should you have your a championship. And I hope we helped you guys get there. So, you know, I'll, I'll take it out here. This was presented by the Mobile Party Experience, someone who's been – we've been lucky enough to have them sponsor us all year long. Definitely check them out for all your tailgating experiences in the Quad Cities. Uh, I'm Mike. You can uh, find me at Michael underscore underscore Sicoli. That's two underscores on Twitter. Find Nick Roll here on run, at run underscore the underscore Sims. I got it right for the first time this year, and it better be because it's the last one. So good luck tonight. Enjoy my night football. Good luck in your matchups. Thank you for Peace, everybody.